We went on a strange trip. Hold on. We got to start over. We do? Yeah. I didn't press record. Dumbass. <laughs> yep. You have homed in on the Bearded Beacon. I'm Seal. And I'm Chris. And we're fairly certain that this is episode 14. Is that right? I think so. I know it's not number 11. No, no. You weren't around for 11. No, I was not. That was a great episode. Not that you weren't here. It would have been better if you were here, but you know. Yeah. I, I was there. I was just completely silent the entire time. Yeah, that's what I didn't. I didn't tell. Uh, that's that's uh, that's why I didn't tell uh, Josh and JD that that you were actually just sitting there in the corner quietly. Yeah, I was actually watching. judging them. Yeah, you were you were silent, and silently, judging. yeah, silently judging. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So surprise, guys. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Or am I? <laughs> <laughs> so we've been on a strange trip. Would you say? I would say things got a little upside down for a little bit. I see what you did there. Oh, yes. And in case you haven't figured it out, this week we're talking about Stranger Things. The True. lovely, lovely, lovely Netflix series. It's a nice little family show, wouldn't you say? I would say so. It's all about family. It it's is. even built... It was even done by a family of brothers the duffer brothers that's right that's right so it's it's a lot of familial love coming through your tv screen over your internets exactly it's 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 a sweet story all about the a mother's love for her child exactly and 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 dungeons and dragons yeah and that just mixes together so well i kind of I may or may not edit that out. Depends on how funny it is when I go and play it back. Okay. You were saying? Oh, once again, Dungeons and Dragons is sent down the dark road into causing trouble. But then again, I guess it's also the 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 answer in the end too. So Dungeons and Dragons wins. Yeah, it's. I mean, yeah, in the end, it's kind of what saved those kids. I got a. It was funny. I got it. I kind of hold on. Uh, okay. Sorry. So what's happening now is Chris's phone has started ringing, and he's gotten up to go answer it. He's just said hello. Hmm. Now I can't hear him anymore. Oh, I think he's coming back. Shh, everybody go hide. Are you back? Did you stop? Oh, okay, yeah. Just go ahead and start it back up. I'm, I'm, yeah, you can stop and start if you have to, because I'm record. Okay, so, um, leave that little window open. Go up to file, new recording. And so you'll end up with two files that you're going to save. All right, I'm recording again. Sorry. And we're back. We are back. Okay. I forgot what we're, where we're, where we're, oh yeah. I was going to make a rather, a rather lovely point about, uh, I was going to throw back and, and, and show everyone how much of an old geezer I am. So the Dungeons and Dragons thing, it's a little bit of a reach, but when I was watching this, when it started off and it, you know, they're playing D&D. It's like, that's cool. It's like, oh, wow, man, I remember doing that when I was a kid in the, you know, 1983. And da, da, da. But when it started getting a little weird, I started getting a, um, I don't know, did you ever see that it was a, it was a TV movie? Uh, it was based on a novel uh, by Rona Jaffe, I think, called Mazes and Monsters. Oh, uh, the Tom Hanks. Yeah, Tom Hanks. Yeah, where he's, yeah, yep. yeah, yeah. And he goes crazy. Yes. Yeah. And he thinks he's in the game. Yep. Yep. Yeah. I, I got that. I was like, oh. But of course, it didn't go that way. But 
I don't know. Anytime, anytime I see an on-screen representation of someone playing D&D, I snap back to that movie, which came out in about 1983, didn't it? That's right, yeah. It was like 82, 83, because it was, it was right after, it had to have been right around there, because it was, I mean, not that we can't look it up, but we're not going to. Um, hey, somebody tweet us and tell us what year that movie came out. At Bearded Beacon. Do it. Do it. Come on. You know you, you know you want to. Or send us an email and tell us, tell us, it came out in 1984, you idiots, or something like that. Just, come on. Feedback. Come on, people. Participate. We want you to participate. But anyway, I digest. Uh, so, Chris. Yes? Your initial thoughts. Now, I, I'm going to need you to kind of run with it for a minute. I watched this. I watched it. came out, what, middle of July, right? Didn't it drop like... Yep. I watched it probably a week later. So, I mean, it's been almost a month, and I binged it over a weekend. Right. I did it in two I did it Had in two we cities. no children, we would have done the same thing. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I, I was, I'm sure, I'm sure you would have. Because I think yeah, I was, broke it, I think I was like broke shooting. it up over about two weeks. So, yeah. Okay. See, that's probably better. Dole it out a little bit. Yeah. yeah I, I think I did it. I'm fairly certain I did it in two sittings, maybe three, but it was over a weekend. Yeah. I was like, ah, I can't stop. I've, anyway, but yeah. I think it's a little more fresh in your mind. What were your, because you, you, you messaged me a couple of days ago and you're like, hey, let's talk about this on the show because you seemed really excited about it. What, why were you so fired up after you finished it? Because y'all just finished it a few nights ago, right? That's correct. What was I think it? Mostly that- it's like the nostalgia that it brings and that, then that draws you into the story and everything. Because mm-hmm. like our age range is we're, we were very active in this time, you know, and uh, in the 80s and all that. And it's just like every time you'd watch a show, in addition to getting a story, you would also get a bit of nostalgia, whether it was a soundtrack or it was something, a poster on the wall or something that they say, or like you said, Dungeons and Dragons and everything, just like bringing all that back to you and how every kid wanted that Dungeons and Dragons campaign that they had to actually be a real thing. And this is kind of, like the the downside of that, I mean, like it it was the Dungeons Dragons campaign, but it all of a sudden became real, and it's what happened to these kids in order to complete their campaign. Yeah, it's kind of like fantasy come to life, and and the the upside and the downside of it. It's like be careful what you wish for. Exactly, which is a pretty common thing for for horror. I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's that, and it's definitely a it's definitely a horror story, but it's just done so well. Exactly. And they don't they don't overdo the gore and they don't um they actually make it scary rather than just being something gross. Right. But they have enough gross stuff in there to make it gross too. So they kind of play play a good balance between like modern horror and eighties horror. So Yeah. 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 It's just not all blood and guts. Well it's I mean it's got a to me it had a classic horror feel to it in that in that, you know, the you know, of course in the in your classic horror movies the gore and stuff is is checked out of necessity and ratings boards and all kinds of things like that but just the way that they you know the way they would move the camera or give you a music cue or you know little play with the lighting and little things like that to create tension and you know actually make it scary it was uh, that was all these little details that they paid attention to i really appreciated Mm -hmm. 
I agree. Like even the points to like when they, they draw you into something and that you know it's going to be something's going to jump out or anything. A lot of times in the modern stuff, I, I don't get surprised by it. But the way that they did it with the score and everything, I was surprised pretty much every time they wanted me to be surprised, which was good. I mean, yeah, they did. The, they, they did their job. Yeah, straight up. And then, you know, kind of like what you said, the the time setting, it's, you know, they could have, they could have set this, they could have set this modern day. I mean, they could have made this today. They could have set it anytime, you know, um, they could have made it in the nineties. They could have made it in the two thousands. They could have made it today. They could have even set it a few years earlier because D and D existed before that. Um, but it's just that, that, that time period just hitting right there. Just, I mean, it seemed like this sweet spot that they hit on and I really, it was like a love letter to my childhood in, in a lot of ways. So I got I got on the nostalgia train because it, you know, it harkened back to the good memories of that time for me. And it yeah. kind of reminded me in, in some ways that I mean, there were some anachronistic things and a few mistakes. And there was I caught something in the first episode. I don't remember what it was. And I was like, oh, no, wrong year. But, you know, it's going to happen. It's like the uh, it's like whenever I watch Days and Confuse, the uh, the steering wheel on one of the guy's pickup trucks drives me insane because it's like. That like well that steering wheel is not going to exist for another eight years. <laughs> <laughs> like that that seventy two Chevy's got a steering wheel from an eighty eight Chevy. That's not supposed to happen. But anyway, it's fun to spot that. But it you know still though it 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 portrayed that era and it did it really well. And it have you read uh, Ready Player One? Oh yeah, yeah. It I kind of got it it. Not that there's not that there were similarities in the story or anything, but there were similarities in the, you know, in that all of the throwbacks, all the callbacks to the 80s. It was like it kind of generated that same kind of feel to it. Yeah. If Spielberg wasn't already on it, I would love to see the Duffer Brothers take on Ready Player One. Oh, my goodness. They'd, they'd crush it, I think. I think they do a fantastic I, job. I agree. I agree. But I, I think old Stevie will do a good job, too. Except he's not going to do any of the references. But anyway, back to... Um, well, you know, you know, um, you know, what, what was the first reference like? Well, not reference, but uh, um, homage that you really picked up on beyond the um, the Dungeons and Dragons movie. It had to have been one of the music cues. Yeah, it had to have been because there's oh, man, the needle drops in this thing were insane. Yeah. Like they spent some money on some of this music. It had to have been one of the music cues. Yeah. I said it's kind of it, it's kind of running together me right now but it had to have been the, the and throughout the music was a big was a big deal for me um yeah. you know the the posters on some of the kids walls and i was like feeling the goonies from the beginning so it was yes it definitely out. definitely had a goonies thank you thank you it definitely didn't it didn't it totally have a goonies feel yeah yeah yes it did and i think and then, I then think, throwing marty mcfly in the mix it just kept on blowing my mind every time i'd see him so yeah <laughs> Yeah, that was definitely some fun stuff. But my, like, and then definitely when they went into the Upside Down, uh, the whole aliens and alien feel. That was Even freaky. him walking up to that giant egg and it's like, what? Yeah. I was like, well, that's a little bit on the nose. Uh, yeah, it was good. I mean, like. But it, it didn't feel, it, it was, yeah, I mean, I think my first reaction was, well, that's a little on the nose. But at the same time, I didn't feel... I don't know if this is the right word, but I didn't I didn't feel insulted or pandered to by that. Yeah. I felt like they, I treated, they, they, they treated it with respect. Yeah, they didn't rob anybody. And I think if anything, this is going to make people that have not seen the movies that were paid homage to go back and watch these movies. Oh, definitely. Just to see. Yeah. 
just to see what's going on. So, yep. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it and it opens up a whole, you know, it, it opens up that avenue and, 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 and think about it too. You're going to, you know, it's at its heart, this is kind it's kind of a kid's show. I mean, yeah, it's a horror story and it's scary, but you know, they your central characters are kids and it's about that, that bond and those relationships and the kids aren't exploited in any way. They're the heroes of the story. So, I mean, it really is for them. And think about it. You're going to have this whole audience. There's this whole other audience that the show's going to have of kids that are going to get into this. And this is going to open up a whole new world for them. They're going to go watch these movies, like you said. They're going to, you know, their parents are going to say, hey, go watch. You liked this? Go watch this movie or go watch that movie. You thought this was cool? Well, you should see this. Or, oh, you like this music? Well, check this out. I mean, it's going to open up music and books and movies and all this crazy stuff to these kids that, you know, they just otherwise wouldn't get to experience or not, not that they wouldn't get to. It's just that they wouldn't know, you know? Right. Right. I mean, for us, this is all, you know, it triggers all these memories, but I mean, kids today talk about, you know, talk about alien or talk about, you know, an 80s song or talk about, you know, Dungeons and Dragons. And they're like, what? I mean, it's, and it's not that, you know, it's not like a, you know, maybe a 90s or a 2000s kid where they'd know what it was, but they'd make fun of you. They just look at you now and go, I don't know what that is. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and that's kind of sad. It is sad. It is sad. But hey, there's there's things like this. Now, did you get a um, two things I want to I want to hit on? And you, you jogged my memory with your Spielberg comment. Visually, didn't it kind of have a Spielberg feel to it at times? Did you get did you get that vibe? Yeah, a little bit, a little bit of E.T. in there somewhere. So. Yeah, yeah. And then from a story standpoint, it felt like Stephen King. Oh, straight up. And there's, I mean, it felt like there were a lot of little, a little homages in there. It made me want to go back and read a few of the books that I, yeah. I, that was another thing was, you know, in the, in the early eighties, that's when I started reading Stephen King and, you know, and all those, a lot of the, you know, all those classic stories that he wrote and just kind of it brought back some of those feelings because his stories were freaky scary sometimes. And Definitely of an adult nature, but more of a grown-up nature, I should say. But he did use kids as protagonists quite a bit. He did yep. use he, he used he he would use people as protagonists that you wouldn't think would be protagonists, and he would elevate people, you know, to the level of you know he would elevate people, unlikely heroes, and things like that. And I mean, a lot of his themes though about you know overcoming adversity and and you know relationships and family and all that stuff. It it it's it had that feel to it. It was it was a lot of fun. Yeah, I completely agree. I mean, it was good Stephen King. Like, and they talked about it, they tweeted about him, and then all of a sudden Stephen King's tweeted about him, them. Yeah. And it's and it paid off. Now he's going to be doing the next one. So Yeah, I'm ex- he's right he's writing the next series, so. Yeah, I'm very excited about that. Mhm. So, and some people get a little, "Oh crap, here Stephen King's going to come along and ruin it because you know, the some of the movies or whatever, but those aren't his fault." <laughs> well, except for Maximum Overdrive, but you know, yeah. He'd never directed a movie before. He didn't know what he was doing. Right. But um, but his writing, I think, would be strong. And I think he's, you know, kind of learned. You know, it's like we've, we've I think this is a good team up because the Duffer brothers have shown us they can do on their own and that they have the they have the cinematic chops, so to speak, to do this. And they were it felt like they were writing in his voice quite a bit. So I'm excited to see his script and their visuals come together and, you know, blow our doors off next summer or I guess it's coming out and is it going to be, yeah, it's going to come out next year, right? I think so. I think you're right. Yeah. Because they hadn't even started writing it yet. So yeah, but they got a trailer. (laughs) 
There's always a trailer. Yeah, there's always a trailer. Hell, the trailers are embedding them into the movies now. I'm looking at you, Thor Ragnarok. Not to not to get off on a tangent, but that whole that whole uh, that whole Thor dream sequence hallucination, whatever from uh, Age of Ultron. Yep, yep, yep. We're not the only ones to bag on that, though. I think everybody's. I think that's a sticking point for everybody. Not that it was bad, but it was a little bit on a bit on the nose, Marvel. Anyway, <laughs> back to the back to the lecture at hand. Was there anything they didn't do in the movie that you would have uh, in the show that you would have expected that didn't happen? Hmm, I don't think so. Yeah, I kept thinking maybe they'd expand a little bit on the research that they were doing in the company, but I think keeping it on the down low a little bit was better, so that yeah. you don't know what to expect with the next iteration and. Yeah. 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 I agree. And also, you know, it it gives you more mystery, but also from a storytelling standpoint and from a character standpoint, it was a very it was a smart decision because the show is really from the point of view of the kids. Yeah. It's primarily from their point of view. So in order to maintain that point of view, yeah, you know, from a visual standpoint and from a storytelling standpoint, sometimes you have to step out of that point of view and give you some of the other behind the scenes things but it's a balance and they struck that balance just right they didn't give us too much to take us because otherwise it pulls you out of the story and it almost pulls you into another story if you show too much so i think they were smart to do it that way even though it'd been cool to see more stuff but it's like okay well then it changes the story and it it pulls you out and it becomes something else definitely (laughs) Uh, Mm -hmm. are there any other references that you liked of course you'd ask me that question I know. Like, well, they, they've called everything from, uh, I don't know, The Empire Strikes Back to yeah. uh, just even Altered States. Yeah. Which I picked yes. up on Altered States yes. right away. Yes. Okay, so. thank you. The deprivation. I for, oh, man, I totally forgot about that. Yeah, yeah. I love the whole bit with them and the science teacher. Oh, yeah, that was awesome. Right. I, I love the science it's teacher. It's like their, their, their requests of him keep getting increasingly more involved and let's face it weird yeah and he just rolls with it i mean that's okay let's step outside this particular story that right there that's an amazing teacher (laughs) exactly these kids were curious about you know science and engineering and all these things and he was like yeah go for it kids okay you want to try this oh you want to make a sensory deprivation take okay well here's here's kind of what you do and here's how it works and oh you want to you know a ham radio set well here we go this is how it is and here's how it works and let's let's peel back the layers and study why it works. And, you know, they'd have these, you know, crazy off the wall questions and he didn't, you know, all him and Haw, he just straight up answered it and kind of played to it. And so, but yeah, I definitely picked up on the, the altered states bit. Yeah. I think I only had one teacher like that ever. And that was it. Well, you know, the Houston public school system, what are you going to do? Exactly. We bag on it. But now I had, I had one or two. Um, definitely. I, I can think of a, I can think of a few, um, high school, especially, but, but, yeah, before I mean, high school, I didn't have any. I had, I just had the one in high school, and that was it. So who is who is yours for high school? Miss Counte. Miss Counte. I never had her as a teacher, but I, yep. I yeah I knew of her, and everyone that I knew that had her loved her. She was she wanted to be there, and she was willing to do pretty much anything that you asked her about, and it was cool. So Great. you didn't get that from most of the other teachers. They had to stick to their plan, and they couldn't they wouldn't go beyond it. So yeah, yeah. Well, it's kind of, and it's tough too. I mean, there's 30 kids in a class and whatever, but still it's like this, this, those teachers that do go above and beyond are 
very underappreciated. So shout out to all you teachers. Exactly. For realsies, for realsies. Um, yeah, show interest in your kids. Um, show interest and you will be remembered. You will be, yeah. Yeah, for me, I mean, there are several, but the the standout above and beyond all is Linda Schuler, our drama teacher, was huge influence and very, very involved. So shout out to Mama Shula. Woohoo! But man, I'm getting all the nostalgia feels now. It's starting to that and I'm starting know, see what, I'm starting to wake see up. See what too. it did to us? It just like drew us back back into the eighties and that we're not leaving. Nope. <laughs> uh, I had an, it was funny, I had another thought. Um, you know, I'm getting into this whole drone thing and the aerial photography and all that. And I was looking around my apartment um this morning I was like, I got dadgum batteries and chargers and radios and crap everywhere. This is just like when I was in junior high in the eighties. <laughs> Yep. When we had all those remote, the remote control cars were uh, huge when we were that age. And the the um, the MRC Tamiya was one of the big companies. Kyosho was another one. The Hornet, and the Optima, and the Big Bear, and all that stuff. And between Chris and I, we had we had them. We had several. Of them. Actually, you know what, Chris? I have your Big Bear. Yeah, I bet you do. Yeah, I do. Tom has. I was, Tom has mine. I was wondering if you still had it. So yeah, that actually your Big Bear is the only one. Of those that I still have, I gave Tom um, my dad's Big Bear, and I gave him my Optima and my Hornet because he was gonna play with them and put them back together. Cool. So he's he's got he's got all that stuff. He's got my old radios and everything. That um, uh, man, I kind of wish I'd kept that one radio, but that's okay. Um, my dad had this really fancy one where you could it was good for writing because my dad's left-handed, so all the con- almost all the controllers out there were right-handed the ones with the remember the pistol grips with the steering wheel yep yeah so he didn't like the sticks because i had a i had a cup i had a couple pistol grip wheels but they were right-hander they were righties and then i had um i had one with sticks and that worked really well for um there was that that one worked really well with uh with my hornet just off-road because you could throw that thing left and right but my dad was he's so left-handed that he couldn't quite do it and he didn't like the sticks so we found this one radio where you could sw- you could switch it. It was ambidextrous. You could take the top off and swing it around, and it was left-handed. So sweet. That was a dope ass radio. But yeah, I but I I do I have your big bear. But now sweet. I now I have remote control quadcopters all over my house now. And the- we're, well, all this technology talk reminds me that we're going to be talking about Rod Shear's book, Leveling the Playing Field, soon. So yes, we are. That's a good thing to throw in right about now. Yes. Yeah. Hopefully, we'll be recording that next week, and then we'll release it probably the week after that. Don't doesn't he have a signing? I know we don't know the date, but later this month he has a signing. Correct. That is correct. He has a signing at Barnes and Noble twenty nine thirty nine uh, on twenty nine ten Pine Lake Road in Lincoln, Nebraska. So, and then if you're out there, come by, get a signed, and he's a really nice guy, and he'll talk technology with you. Yep. And we'll uh, we'll keep everybody updated on the date. Uh, that that's going to happen. Uh, we'll tweet it out. We'll put it up on the Facebook page and we will get that episode out before the signing. So kind of as a, you know, as a primer to get everyone excited about that. So yeah, I've, I picked up the, I've started the book. So I'm in the the introduction part. So it's before where he starts, to, where it's before where he's talking about fire. It's kind of, he's kind of giving you the bird's eye view. Um, I like how I do, I will say this about it. I like that he started with something fairly modern as far as, the technology so it got me sucked into it yeah and so then when he goes back and starts walking us through the progression of technology i'm like in you know i'm psyched up for it so that right there is just a little taste a little taste for you guys about where this is going but more later 
So yeah, we'll, re- we'll record next week and uh, middle or into next week. And then so we'll probably um, release it the following Monday, whatever day that is. is that's what we'll shoot for. Cool. So, you, so you'll get a little bonus content out of us because we've been trying to do this every three weeks lately. So, um, so yeah, we're recording on a Friday right now and I'll release Monday. So, but you'll get something. So that'll be about three weeks since the last episode, I think. Yeah, I gave you two whole extra days to process stuff and get it ready. I know. This this <laughs> works. I was like, you're like, Chris is like, hey, can you record Friday, you know, from like 9 to 11? I was like, uh, yeah. Being unemployed is great. <laughs> oh, man. Or I should say being self-employed. Yeah, self-employed, unemployed. There's it's all, a huge difference. <laughs> it's all the same. Hey, when you're operating at a loss, it's all the same thing. All right, I got to pause for a second. Hold on. Okay. Oh. oh! That wasn't a mic. <laughs> I think Chris dropped the microphone. The microphone that I bought him, y'all. See how he treats my gifts? This is terrible. Okay, everybody, tweet Chris at R10 Creations. Tweet him about mic etiquette. Tweet him about, you know, you should take care of your stuff. Just give him a hard time. He won't know what he won't know what you're talking about. This will be just between us. Okay. Yeah, all right. Do be do be do do be do be do do be do be do. Hey, anybody remember that the commercial? I think it might have been a Bud Light commercial with the penguin, and he'd just go do be do be do do be do be do. Yeah, Chris and I used to do that to each other all the time, like during an awkward silence, or if one of us is waiting on the other one. It's like it's kind of a way of saying, "Hurry up, dude." Do-be-do-be-do. He has no idea that I'm still talking. And then I'm probably leaving all of this in. He's going to go back and listen to it and be like, what the hell? So that's why y'all need to tweet him and harass him a little bit. Because it'll take him a good week to listen to this episode. He didn't listen to him right away. All right, I'm back. There you are. Sorry. That's okay. Are you still recording? Uh, Yeah, I am. Good. So you have a long break in there, so. Yeah, that's okay. That's easy to fix. Well, any final things to say about Stranger Things? Yeah, it's awesome. Okay. Yeah, it is awesome. Ah, it's great. Go watch it. If you haven't watched it yet, go watch it. Stranger I Things, agree. Netflix, go watch it. Definitely watch it so they'll make more, and then I can we can talk about it some more. So Yeah, and we'll talk about it a little better next time. I'll be more awake. That'd be good. Yeah. So, oh, 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 oh. Uh, oh, oh, oh. Future Things. Um, we've got the, the book, Leveling the Playing Field. We're going to be discussing that. Um, the end of this month, September 30th, speaking of Netflix, y'all, Luke Cage! <laughs> yeah, I hope to blast through that a little quicker than I did the other stuff, so. Yeah, uh, try and try and knock that out a little faster than you did Jessica Jones, aight? Yeah, I'll try. Yeah, but we'll definitely be discussing that um, along the way. I'm excited, I can't wait. I know I'm going to binge that thing when it comes out, so. It, do you have any final thoughts on Stranger Things? You have, you know, any any summation, any... I mean, I'm I'm over here going, oh, go watch it. I'm just kind of yeah. gushing in eloquently, but I just think that it's probably one of the best as far as paying homage to other movies and film and whatever. It just it just pays such good homage to everything without destroying it. It's it's something just to watch just for that part, and then on top of that, you get an amazing story and like some good thrills, and yeah, I definitely watch it. I would say so. Oh, I see what you did there. Amazing story. You dropped a Spielberg yeah. reference. Ah, that's it. For me, that's the Spielberg tie-in. That's what I. That's what it felt like when I was watching it. Yeah. Thank you for saying that because that jogged my memory. I was like, this feels like an episode of Amazing Stories. If and that's a throwback, y'all. 
That's way back there. So, well, cool. I think uh, I think the recommendation from the Beacon is two thumbs up. Exactly. So yeah, if you've got the Netflix, definitely go check that out. If you don't, go find a friend, make them watch it with you. They'll thank you for it. And especially you '80s kids out there, you '70s and '80s kids, you'll. you'll I mean, this is like it just. I know I haven't been very specific just because my brain's still a little foggy um, this morning. But generally speaking, watching it, it just triggers all the feels. So I can't say enough good things about it. So I think that uh, that kind of finishes us out uh, for this week or for this for this episode. Yep. And look for us. Actually, we'll be back um, by the time you're hearing this. If you're listening on the release on release day on Monday. Um, we may be back much quicker than usual. We may be actually back in another week. So that'll be... That's the plan. That'll so. be a little bonus we'll, episode. So that's exciting. Yeah, we'll try to make that happen. So... All right. So, y'all, until next time, I've been Seal. I had to pee. And you take it easy and listen for the beacon. <laughs>